Hello everybody and welcome to this new episode. My name is Sarah and this is Amsterdamus, the podcast that introduces you to amazing women from Amsterdam. We have all had this feeling sometime before, not only during the global pandemic. We were stuck at home for a variety of reasons. We felt lonely, we were anxious, stressed or lost. Our friends were busy as well and we had no one to talk to. Wouldn't it be nice in cases like this just to have someone who will listen and give us advices? Now, this kind of support does exist in the Netherlands. It belongs to the organization Belmevel. People can register at their website and a volunteer will call back. Saisha Patiman is the founder of this organization and she will now tell us a bit more about this helpful project. Hi Saisha, thanks for being with me today. Hi Sarah, well thanks for inviting me. You have started your project in 2020. Was the beginning of the pandemic the reason to do so? Uh, yes, it was. Um, my project is directly related to the pandemic. It's a helpline that gives people the opportunity to talk with a mental health professional for free. And um, after the first lockdown started, I started, um, how do you call that? I started like uh, creating this idea and putting it into action. What was your personal motivation to do so? Um, to help, basically. I wanted to do something um, to support people throughout this period. And this was one of the ways I could think of doing that. What is your professional background that qualifies you to help people in this way? Uh, I'm a psychologist. I studied here in Amsterdam at the University of Amsterdam. And I graduated in 2015 with my master's. After that, I worked for well, I think it's been six years now that I've worked in mental health care. And I'm, so I'm a psychologist uh, and I did a lot of additional courses throughout the years that I've been working as well. But yeah, that's my main qualification. Who can call you and do people have to reveal their identity in order to talk to you? Well, anybody can apply and the, um, it is partially anonymous in the way that we cannot we don't have a phone line you can call so there's no number you can call at any time of day because we're just me and a couple of volunteers who do this next to our day jobs so you go to the website and you register that's how we call it through the form and you leave behind your details like okay this is my name you can use a fake name and a an anonymous email address if you want to and then just um shortly explain like why you want to be called and then you do have to leave your number um, but we only use it for the specified call and the appointment we'd make and then we delete all the information again so it's it's not completely anonymous but as far as we could manage it is how many people do you on an average call back during the day and how long are the calls um, I think like I was calculating this recently because it's always with ups and downs. There's sometimes just a rush of emails and then it's quiet again. But I think we've spoken to like 300, something, somewhere around 300, 350 people throughout the past year. So that would make it like approximately one call per day on average. And uh, the calls usually last for about half an hour. That's our main, um, 
that's what we say we have we we schedule it for half an hour and sometimes it's a bit shorter sometimes it's a bit longer but around that what are the typical problems people wish to talk about with you well it ranges from very broad topics um Recently, we've spoken to a lot of students who feel stressed out because they are, well, study has been much harder recently, but also their perspectives of employment after they graduate um, and how to manage like the social stress, but also like the study stress itself. But we've also spoken to people who are lonely, who have been lonely before, but now feel that this has been enlarged because of the pandemic people that are um, in a relationship crisis, um, parents that have difficulty helping their kids through this time. So it's been all over the place. Do you have more male or female callers? And are there any gender-typical problems? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I would say that initially I felt that more women... Um, found the register and also made use of it but as a i don't know over the last months it's been quite 50 50 i'd say and i'm not sure if there's any gender specific problems that i'm seeing because no when i think about the students i've spoken to is both male and female with similar issues um relationships same so i can't say that there is a very specific gender um Yeah, role playing out in this way. In case of criminal or violent acts, do you inform the police? No, we can't because we don't have the right information either to do that. But we also have never encountered that. We do. Um, that is usually also not really part of what we, what people come to us with. But what what are the things you have in mind when you say that? I'm mostly thinking about. Uh, the increase of domestic violence during the pandemic, for example, or violence against children? Well, um, if I would speak to somebody who would say they are either the victims or the abusers in these situations, I would uh, refer them to the right um, canals to take action. Because if somebody calls this up, I, I haven't encountered this, but if somebody would... Um, speak with us and say this is what's happening and I'm uh, resorting to violence to um, manage my situation then we would advise them on what which steps they could take to stop them and to help them find different ways to cope um, we are not in a position in which we can inform police or anything like that but we do encourage people to take healthy decisions but uh, again we haven't encountered this uh, so far luckily you haven't <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Doesn't mean it's not happening, but... How many volunteers do you have in your team and how do you pick these volunteers? Um, I think there's like 14 of which one is not a... Uh, one One of them is helping me with social media and creating like the posts and stuff and the, the images. So she's not one of the psychologists. And the other volunteers, well, most of them... Um, are people I directly know. So they are my direct colleagues or they used to be my colleagues um, or I know them throughout college. Uh, and they also they're all psychologists or um, even further trained like psychotherapists or healthcare psychologists. 
it's um, so that was really easy. So I know who these people are. I know their qualifications and I know what I can expect from them. And then I did add some, uh, I did have a lot of people that offered their help. So at some point when it got really busy, I, um, yeah, I did ask for some people to join the team and I did interviews with them to check their credentials, their work background. And um, so there's two volunteers that I don't directly know, but I know their professional background and that they're also psychologists and are used to practicing psychology. You already mentioned that you're doing this in addition to the daily work. Yes. And I assume it is very time consuming. How do you manage to, to juggle these responsibilities? That is a good question. Um, so I, that's why I have a, quite a broad team of volunteers because I cannot do the coordination of stuff and also do a lot of calls myself. Uh, in the beginning I did because during the lockdown and especially the first months, yeah, I suddenly had a lot of free time. Um, I think other people will also recognize this, that my usual go-to activities outside of work, they sort of fell through. So I had spare time and I love doing this and that and now um, it's more balanced so I have more volunteers and I can ask them to make most of the calls and then I can do the coordinating myself so I don't mind doing the work because I love it and it does cost time and sometimes energy but I also get a lot back from it so so far it's been manageable. From the time that you were still taking your own calls What was the best story that you remember where you were able to help a person? Oh, there's so many, actually. Um, just one of the, but that's more a general thing. I'm always really grateful and happy when somebody, um, when you can hear the relief on the phone, when you talk to someone and you help them sort through their thoughts, sort out through everything that's happening and you feel the relief they are feeling when the, the phone comes to an end and they are more capable of um they, are, they have an idea like what can i do where can i go what can i do next to improve to feel better to feel in control again of my feelings my emotions my life and that is a really beautiful thing to experience and i think that is also one of the things i experienced during my first calls because it was a bit of a gamble for me as well and people I, I was doing this and I had never done this like this before so I just do, did this 30 minute phone call so I was like okay but I think I can help people within this time but can I really and experiencing that it really worked and then getting the relief people felt and he hearing them say this as a result that was really beautiful for me and it still is. Do you have a certain time period when you call back you or the volunteers call back And what do you do in case of yourself having a bad day and you really just don't feel like talking to anyone? Hmm. Uh, well, I think as a psychologist, you kind of become used to having to deal with that because in my daily work, if I have a bad day, I can't call in sick and I still have to be there for my clients. So, um, which can be really tough, definitely, but you learn how to do that. And then sometimes after work, you just make sure you're really nice to your kind to yourself and you do things that you enjoy or to relax. But um, 
there isn't a specific time. I just always plan it whenever it suits my schedule and the schedule of the person that uh, I'm supposed to call. And for my volunteers, it's the same. Some people like calling in the evening. Some people are like, nah, I have a specific time every week when I can do a call on this day. Some people do it in the weekends. So it depends, really. We have already talked about the best stories. In case you want to share this with us, what was the worst story so far? Um, let me think for a second. I think sometimes you, uh, we are speaking to people who ha who already have help, so who have been, um, who have therapy, who have a whole team of professionals around them sometimes, but they uh, still make use of the initiative because they really appreciate the opportunity just to be able to tell their story again to a professional, to get different perspectives. And sometimes the stories you hear are um, super tough and very complex. And somebody has been in therapy for eight years and has been suicidal several times during that period and tells you that their will to live now, especially with the curfew, with the lockdown, with all these things is very, very little. And in one of these phone calls, there's not much you can do except listen to them and uh, hear what they are saying and try to be a kind fellow human being. But because you're not conducting therapy with this person or you don't have a long-term work relationship with them, that's all you can do. And sometimes after these calls, I'm, I really have to like breathe a little bit and just except that my role in this situation, my options are very limited. So that gives you the feeling of powerlessness sometimes. And then again, I'm just happy to be able to do anything, even if it's such a little effort and of so little significance within this whole process a person is going through. I imagine this to be very difficult to have to deal with this kind of really heavy inputs, not on a daily basis, but very often. And you already said that it's very important that you are kind to yourself after these kind of sessions. What specifically do you do to protect your mental health? Um, well, I make sure I balance things out. So um, I don't ask myself to do too much every day. And I try to make sure that I have time to eat properly, to sleep properly, to exercise, to do social things, because that balance for me is very important. And also if I'm really stressed and I know if I go outside and I go for a walk and I actively try to clear my head with a podcast, with music, with anything, that I always calm back down and I always, um, well, feel the relief myself and... That's, sometimes it takes conscious effort, but then that's what you need to do. In case that we have listeners now that kind of wish to talk to someone, but they feel a bit awkward about it, what would you advise them? That everybody feels a bit awkward about it. <laughs> um, even psychologists feel awkward about talking to people about their problems. They are very comfortable listening to them, but <laughs> talking about their own problems can be awkward. But um, there's no right or wrongs and there's no even if you decide to take the step towards trying to talk to somebody you're still not obliged to tell them everything you can control it you can do whatever you want and even if it doesn't really give you anything you tried it's worth a shot right you can just see what happens but don't too, but put too much pressure 
either on yourself or on the call to see what happens. How can people support you and your awesome project? Um, well, sharing it. Um, as in, the more people know about it, the more people we can help. So, yeah, that's my main thing, I think. Saisha, thank you so much for being with me today. I understand that you are very busy and that you have a very important role to to help people during these crazy times. <laughs> But I honestly hope that this podcast will help share the information that such a hotline for help does exist and that we can support people that are in, in urgent need of a person to talk to. I hope so too. And thank you for this opportunity and for helping us spread the word. So that's very nice. Thank you so much. And personally, I wish you all the best. Thank you. Same to you. And this also marks the end of today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Stay tuned if you want to meet more amazing women from Amsterdam. And please don't forget to follow Amsterdamers on Instagram and on Facebook. Thanks and take care, everybody. Bye.